Lost is a podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. The Met Gala returned to the first Monday in May this year after it was postponed, moved, etc. due to coronavirus for the last couple of years. But it was back. Mm-hmm. And the theme of this year's cons- Costume Institute exhibition, which is what the Met Gala is about, is America, an anthology of glamour. <laughs> which sounds very drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, you, th- I wish. Absolutely. I wish they took a little bit more creative liberties. But whenever their theme is just like, America, look back on whatever, it always to me feels kind of like somebody decided this like five minutes before lunch. <laughs> and it was Anna Wintour. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the theme of the Met Gala was gilded glamour. So think Age of Innocence, The Portrait of a Lady, Hello Dolly, HBO's Gilded Age, etc., etc. Yes. Right? Basically, it's American fashion from the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And also, like, did you were you watching the red carpet last night live as it was happening? Yeah, a little bit of it. And, like, towards the end is when we got the news that the Supreme Court may overturn... Oh, I know. <laughs> we'll I probably like... overturn Roe versus Wade. It was, and we're, you're looking at all these gowns, and then you're hearing that they're going to take away women's rights. It was so dystopian. It's very 2022. It was, yeah, it was such a bummer because you're, again, like you said, you're hearing that it's like, oh, wow, they're going to overturn this thing that was very important. And then, of course, like my hater instinct was like in full drive last night because. I was looking at all the clothes. So it was a real conflict. I had a real internal conflict going yesterday. Yeah, it felt like very Hunger Games capital city. Like we're watching all these rich people and then we're hearing this horrible, horrible, horrible news. But Mm -hmm. um, like most years, not many kept with the theme. It was pretty lackluster theme-wise. They should just dump the theme and let them wear whatever. Because a lot of them, they don't fucking follow the theme and they don't care to. Oh my god! And the themes to me are so easy. Like something like Gilded Glamour, just watch an episode of The Gilded Age. Like that's all you need to do. And like you said, it's like most people just won't even follow the theme. The theme could be satin, and someone is going to show up in like a linen dress. Like they just won't adhere to it. It's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I wish one year the the theme should just be black dresses because all of them wear black dresses anyways. Like this was Gilded Age. All you saw tons of black dresses. So they should just make it black dress when you're and everybody will wear color or white. Yeah, it'll be the brightest rainbow of dresses you've ever seen in your life. So um, there was no Rihanna, who has been the queen of the Met for a while. There was no Beyonce. No. There was no Lady Gaga. No. There was no Billy Porter, who has become one of my favorite Met Gala goddesses. Mm-hmm. But there were all of the Kardashians. Every one of them. <laughs> Every Except one Rob. Of them. <laughs> Poor Except- Rob. Poor Rob. Yeah, no, no Rob, but it was Kim, Courtney, Chloe, Kylie, Kendall, Chris. The mother. <laughs> all the other ones, yeah, all of them. They were all there, and the Kardashians actually closed the carpet. Kim was, I think, the last one on the carpet, and usually that's Rihanna or Beyonce. So that tells you everything you need to know about this year's Met Gala. Budget, destitute. It was. <laughs> I mean, it's gone to the fame horse officially. Absolutely. When you're closing with Kim and, 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 and not everybody is looking on the red carpet behind her going, okay, but who's really closing? That's when you know it's bad. 
yeah, I kept looking and to see if there was some, nobody. So, yeah. So, let's talk about the Kardashians, specifically Kim. Yes. The rest looked a mess. Who really cares about they, them? Oh, it was so bad. It was such a... It's one of those things, like, I've already messaged you this before. If I had as much money as they had, they have, excuse me, I would be coming up with the most creative looks for the Met Gala. And it feels like every one of them, all the other ones except for Kim... It just felt like they just kind of threw stuff together and was like, this is fine. This will work. This is okay. I'll wear this. It's so uncreative. Well, you're 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 giving them too much credit because you're thinking that they actually have a creative bone in their body and they don't. This is create that is creative for them. Yeah. <laughs> that is peak creativity for them. So yeah, they all looked a mess. But Kim is getting the most attention because she wore the dress that Marilyn Marilyn Monroe Mm -hmm. wore to sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, to JFK in 1962. Yeah. And Michael, I have to ask, what the hell does that have to do with the Gilded Age? Well, I think she was, because the the theme of the exhibit is in America, you know, glamour, whatever. So I think that's what she was trying that's the theme to her, like American glamour. It's true. And I have to remember that ultimately every theme for Kim Kardashian is sexy. So it doesn't matter what the actual theme is. Her the- her working theme is always sexy. So she's like, yeah, she's going to wear a tight dress. And that, yeah. that's what it is. So the dress was based on a sketch by Bob Mackie. It was designed by G- uh, Jean-Louis. The dress is worth millions. It's currently owned by Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. It's kept in a temperature-controlled vault. It's allegedly never been worn by anyone um, except Marilyn Monroe until they let Kim wear it. It should have stayed that way. It really should have. Yeah. They should just keep it in the vault. But TMZ says that Ripley's originally didn't let Kim borrow it because during a fitting in March, it didn't really fit. It was too small. Mm-hmm. So Kim says that she lost 16 pounds in three weeks to get into it. And she did it. Extremely healthy, by the way. Any doctor would absolutely recommend you try that. What I'm, I think a lot of them probably do that, sadly. They starve uh, themselves for the McGallow, for the Oscars, or for their wedding day, whatever. But I should I say think that. With yeah. Kim, what she really meant is that three weeks ago, she got full body lipo and some of her ass implants taken out, and it took three weeks to heal. That, yes, exactly. That and in the three weeks, her uh, shaper company Skims came up with like some kind of like, uh, you know, those like vacuum seal bags where you put your winter clothes and you put your sweaters in and then you suck all the air out of it. Skims created some kind of corset like that for her. Yeah. So that, yeah, they they brought out the dice and they vacuumed her in. Mm -hmm. And so that's how she got in. She also dyed her hair, which is black. She dyed it ice blonde. She wore some kind of fur jacket, and it really looked like she just picked it up at H&M on the way. Oh, yeah. It was not. It was Dollar Tree. It was yeah. not and very a, glam. And it obviously was not. It was obviously expensive. But that that's like, even that Marilyn Monroe dress, it looked like it came from Fashion Nova. Like, yes, Kim, Shane. Kim's, <laughs> yeah. Kim's gift is, you know, everything she touches turns to cheap. It's really a gift. I know. I honestly thought that dress, when everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, she's wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress, I was like... Yeah, like a cheap copy of it. That's not the real one. And then when I found out, no, it is the real one. I was like, how do you do that? What kind of magic do you have that you can make up what is an iconic, gorgeous dress look so sleepy 
and basic. Okay, I may get canceled for this. Why? <laughs> but is the dress that iconic or is it the moment? Oh is my the, gosh. You Michael, can... <laughs> I was scared you were going to say something like very problematic. I was like bracing no, myself. No, no. I think it's everyone like... kept saying this okay. iconic dress. I was like, the moment is iconic. Is the dress, you can tell me I'm wrong and that the dress is iconic. No, okay. I think that when people rank it as like one of the most iconic dresses ever, like period, I think that's maybe exaggerating a bit much. But I do think it is iconic because it was like, you think of her singing happy birthday and you definitely think of her wearing like a sparkly nude gown. You can you can automatically recall what she's wearing. Also, it's okay, iconic because she was like naked underneath it. It was like very slutty. It was so yeah, okay. good. It looked so good on her. And so it's like iconic in that way because I would say, okay, if I told you, Michael... Name a Marilyn Monroe dress for me. What would you automatically do? The white one. Exactly. The itch, right? Yeah. I would 100%. say the seven-year itch. Then I would say diamonds are a girl's best friend. Yes, the pink dress. And then I would say the yeah. third one is happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Okay, yeah. So right? it's iconic. It's okay. up there. It's up there. I, I stand corrected. And, but the shoes she wore. Oh, my so God, my God. <laughs> so she wore... Lucite heels, which I love. I yes. love Shauna San. Shauna San owns a million exquisite Lucite heels. Looks like a million dollars. Exquisite Lucite heels make anybody look expensive. Except Kim. She made those look cheap too. I know. I was like, those did not even come from a reputable website. Those were ordered off of Amazon. Sad. Very sad. 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 <laughs> oh, also Kim... She only wore the dress for the pictures, like to walk into the Met Gala. So when she got there, she was not wearing the dress. She changed at the bottom of the steps. I guess they built some tent for her. She changed <laughs> there, change room. walked up the steps, changed out of it because it's so delicate. And I even saw videos where it looked like it was falling apart. Because oh there's gosh, some conspiracy theorists that think she wasn't wearing the actual dress. That it's a replica. Hmm. You know what? See, I don't believe in that conspiracy theory because Kim is tacky enough and has enough money that she would demand to wear an archival piece that could potentially fall apart. Yeah. And so Kris Jenner, she did herself up like Jacqueline Kennedy. I know. Onassis, <laughs> because the Kardashians always keep it classy. And what's classier than having one dress as Jackie O and the other dress as Marilyn? I know. Michael, like like you said previously, that's very creative for them. Yes, very. <laughs> but, you know, it probably brought Marilyn and Jackie together because they both rolled in their grace. So it was a bonding moment for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two two souls finally reuniting to hate on that family. Yeah, so that that was the Kardashians. Also, since we're talking about the Kardashians, mm -hmm. the, the lawsuit that Black China filed against them, the one we talked about on last week's podcast... Yes. They won, Black Channel lost, so that's very, that. Very sad for her. Yeah. So as for who stayed on theme, mm -hmm. Blake Lively, she was a co-chair. She stayed on theme. She wore a Versace dress inspired by the Statue of Liberty. And when she got onto the carpet, it was originally like a copper color, like the original Statue of Liberty. And then a bunch of handlers. It was not very graceful the way they did this. A bunch of handlers Conky. like, un yeah, unpin the dress. Yeah. And then it flowed down and it was green like the Statue of Liberty. I mean, I wasn't expecting like a Violet Tchotchke moment where like Blake Lively spins around. Then all of a sudden it's a completely different outfit. I was... That you wanted that. <laughs> you wanted it's that moment. It's the Met Gala. Yeah, like, if you're going to pull stunts and tricks. Rihanna could have done that. I don't think Blake Lively could do, accomplish that. But she tried. She came no. close. 
she charged. She, she did it her way. Yeah. Uh, Billie Eilish was on theme. Sarah Jessica mm-hmm. Parker was on theme. Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. They kind of were on theme because they wore gold. And who who else was on theme? A little, it was like a little My Fair Lady of them. Um, there were a couple like red carpet correspondents who definitely looked on theme. Um, which is always nice to see because it's like if I was doing red carpet, I'd be like, oh, just just give me one of those black dresses. Just give me a simple black dress. So there were some red carpets that were like very much gilded glamour. I think like Riz Ahmed was on theme, but he was kind of like he was he, like it wasn't like as fancy. Like he was talking about like the immigrants that built the country at the time. So he was on theme, but for a different reason. Um. Oh my gosh. Oh, Katy Perry. I'll say this. Katy Perry was on theme and she wasn't costumey. She was like, she actually had references of like late 1800s art. Was the theme the ugliest dress ever? Listen, Michael, some of those that, dresses if from- If that's the case, then she definitely <laughs> some of those nailed 18- the theme. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But some of those 1800s dresses are fugly as shit. So- It didn't she- look on theme to me. I look like they just threw fabric on her. She had, okay. She, she was like, she had a- interpretation of a bustle which i can appreciate she also had like one titty out which is very popular in art at the time look it could have been way worse it's Katy perry it could have been really bad (laughs) so these are like little little mercies yeah so yeah so that's who was on theme as for who wasn't everybody else um the list is too long to list (laughs) literally every other attendee so let me did you catch any of the vogue live feed uh no i didn't Okay, this was a mess. Okay. And that's why I want to talk about this. So Andre Leontali, who died last year. Yes. He has done the done the Met Gala hosting before, the life. Yes. He sits at the top of the stairs and interviews people. And he was always great because he knows his fashion history. He's witty. He's funny. He knows fashion. He's perfect. Yeah, he was he perfect. He gets every reference. Yeah. So this year, they got Lala Anthony. Oh, my God, yes. She was at... Yeah, she was an MTV VJ. She's <laughs> friends with the Kardashians. She was married to Carmela Anthony. She got the. She was at the top of the stairs, right? At the bottom of the stairs was Vanessa Hudgens. I know Vanessa Hudgens. I was like, why? Just let Vanessa Hudgens walk in. She doesn't need to be interviewing people. Do not give her that responsibility. No. And um, the Vogue's editor at large, um, Hamish Bowles, he <laughs> was with Vanessa Hudgens, and he was very nervous. Like he knows his fashion, but he was very nervous. You could tell. And they pretty much, like, if you wanted to get dr- blackout drunk last night for whatever reason, mm-hmm. what you should have done is watch the live feed and take a shot every time Vanessa said, that's amazing or iconic. Oh, no. You would have been blackout <laughs> drunk. Or Lala, all she said was, you just shut down that carpet. You oh, just came here. Or, or, or she would say, stunning from head to toe. Like I said, and the she would say it soundboard. to like Amy Schumer, who looked a mess. She would say that I was like, oh my God. She's like, Jack Harlow, you just shut down that red carpet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just like so, so much ass kissing. More, more ass kissing than a salad tossing festival. It was just, they were, I, it made me miss Andrew Leontali and Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers would have checked them all. Absolutely. Oh, imagine imagine what a Met Gala red carpet would be if it started with Joan Rivers and ended with Andre Leontali. Yeah, that's 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 the that's what it looks like in heaven. Yeah, in the in the afterlife, that's where it's happening. <laughs> 
And that's another thing. So I saw a lot of people tweeting like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you're sitting there judging outfits while wearing Old Navy sweats. And yes, I was wearing sweats, but that's what the Met Gala is. Yeah, if you can't sit at home and hate on people in expensive clothes that you can never wear in yeah. from the comfort of your shitty couch in your sweatpants, what else is the Met Gala? Like, redefine the Met Gala in that case. <laughs> yeah, it's rich, famous people who are wearing extremely expensive borrowed gowns walking down in front of us for us to judge. You know, like if I was ever rich and famous enough to be invited to the Met Gala and had any, you know, and could dress, get dressed by a designer, make fun of me. Absolutely. It would be a gift. It would be a gift to go on Twitter later and see people shitting all over me. I'd be like, bless you. You, (laughs) you understood the assignment at home. Thank you very much for your service. Absolutely. Okay, Allison. So who was your best dressed? Okay, so Michael, you know that anytime you ask me a question like this, I always have two answers. Yeah. And so I have a legitimate answer and then I have like an ironic answer. So my actual favorite best, and here here's the thing, because we we have just spent however many minutes talking about all these people that didn't really follow the theme. Mm-hmm. My best is somebody who didn't quite follow the theme as it maybe would have been perceived. Okay. But it's my best is um a model named um Kiwana Chasing Horse. Okay. And she was wearing this uh, Prabalgaring dress, and it was all tulle. I love tulle so much. It's my favorite dress material. And so hers was, like, kind of sculpted at the top, like, around her boobs with, like, it looked like kind of, like, silver tubing. And then everything below that was just tulle in this, like, blue raspberry Kool-Aid color. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. So beautiful. She's wearing, like, traditional... Uh, jewelry and accessories and I thought it looked so good and I was like yeah it's not what I think of when I think of Gilded Glamour like I'm that like you said like My Fair Lady and Parasols and stuff like that it's not what I think of but in terms of who I looked at last night and was like I wish that I had that dress it it's her easily I okay. thought it was so beautiful yeah my, it's a great I, dress okay and my ironic best is Irina Shake. so she <laughs> was wearing like head to toe biker leather she was wearing leather pants. She was wearing like a leather dress shirt with a leather motorcycle jacket over top of it. Um, it was a mess. It looked so, st- it also like, when I say this word, I don't mean it in a mean way. It looked so stupid. It had nothing to do with the theme. It didn't even look formal. It was the weirdest choice for Gilded Glamour. Obviously, she probably went with like an interpretation of like American fashion, but it looked so out of place on the red carpet. And I kind of loved that choice to go. She looked like a server at the Tom of Finland barn grill. Absolutely. A hundred percent. She looked like Daytona Bike Week. It was such a weird thing to see. And so that's kind of like why I liked it. Because I was like, this is dumb and stupid. And like at someone on her team should have been like, Arlena, are you sure you want to wear this outfit? And she still wore it. So that's what my best are. Okay. So what is your, what was your favorite of the night my favorite i just have one and okay. she was some people's worst um naturally but uh-huh. billy eilish 100 as soon as i saw it was like best dressed she wore i loved it Gucci. though she was mm-hmm. completely on theme if you didn't see her it was like goth emo les miserables yes she, and she kind of looked to me like it was which like, is not totally the same time period it's but a little it off. Is, 
it, but it what it did it was on thing. Yeah, I, she kind of reminded me of like I can't remember the lady's name from the musical Oliver. Nancy. The titties were hiked up all the way. It was just it was on theme, but done her way. So hands down, Billy Irish. Who was your worst? Okay. <laughs> Did we have enough time? I know. <laughs> I Again, I have two, but I can keep them quick because the first one is so easy. One of my worst was Kylie Jenner. She was wearing like um, an off-white uh, bridal gown, which was like a tribute to Virgil Abloh, who also passed away, which I can get on board with. Like, I love it. I love something that like is supposed to be a tribute to someone, but it just looks so bad. And like, it just looked like a cheap wedding dress. And then she was also wearing like a backward snapback hat which is like perched on her head. It wasn't even like Yeah, Nicki Minaj head. did that too. So yeah, that was that was a thing. Like the it, yeah. ball cap. Exactly. And it just looked really dumb and like the bottom of the dress looked like a bridal starfish. It just looked it just looks so weird and dumb. I was talking to um Christian who's a writer for Delisted and he said she looked like uh like she was in my super sweet 16. <gasps> yes. And uh-huh. then she exactly so that's what it looked like. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what it looked like where you're 16 years old and you're like, I'm having a party. The theme is white and I'm going to wear this dress. And you're like, that's a bridal dress. And it's like, I don't care. It's my day. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, it looks oh, it looks so bad. Um, But my like ultimate worst was Amy Schumer. She was wearing like a it was kind of like a black dress, like a sport coat, but it was a dress and it was like part of it was kind of woven. She was wearing sunglasses. She looked like a Karen from The Matrix. Like, it looked yeah. like she was going to ask the, like, Matrix to speak to the manager. I don't yeah. know. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was an awful look. And it was just lazy, too. It just looked, like, lazy and kind of definitely not on theme. But not, but also not good. And when she was interviewed, she acted like she didn't want to be there. So it's like she looked like she didn't want to be there. She acted like she didn't want to be there. Give your ticket to somebody else then. Exactly. Don't home. go. It's like nobody's, no. nobody's at Amy Schumer's house being, like, with like a gun to her head being like you better put on some fancy dress and go to the Met Gala. No, you're not Rihanna. We do not need to see you at the Met Gala. It's <laughs> no. fine. We nobody will ask where was Amy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, so what was your what were your worst ones? All of them. But specifically yes. all of the women who Michael Kors dressed, including oh, Sigourney yeah. Weaver, which hurts me because they just wore like gown like regular gowns. Like, yeah, it, was mall, it wasn't even mall. on theme. And they were all boring. So everyone and Hailey Bieber. Hailey Bieber, yes. because they keep inviting her. She never dresses the theme. She wears the most basic shit. She wore like a basic, like, I don't care if it's ugly, if it's as long as it's interesting. But hers is just like boring and basic. She wore like a slip, just a slip. Yeah, like a halter slip kind of thing. Yeah, super basic with like a, a feather robe. And when they asked her like, where like how she got inspiration from the gilded glamour Uh she said her inspiration was jerry hall in the 70s like come on like that's 100 years too late you dummy (laughs) i mean she probably yeah she probably thinks the gilded age was like the 70s yeah yeah she's thinking like solid gold (laughs) oh my god she was asleep during american history class it's fine but yeah hands down my worst and overall, like, it was pretty lackluster, the Met Gala, like, looks. It could have been so. I know that Tom Ford, like, complained about people making it costumey, but I feel like if there was ever a theme that you could be costumey with, it's Gilded Glamour. People could have been so over the top with it. 
I know they could have straight up shown up in costumes like Billie Eilish and I and look I loved it yeah <laughs> okay now let's move on from the mess of the mess gala to the mess that is how Olivia Wilde was served custody papers in front of everyone mm-hmm. so let me give you a little backstory first Okay, Olivia Wilde, actress, director. She was with Jason Sudeikis, a.k.a. Ted Lasso. They were together for nine years, engaged for seven. They have two children, eight-year-old Otis and five-year-old Daisy. So they broke up in November 2020. There was a little drama because apparently Jason was sad about the split. He didn't want it to happen. And a minute later, it was reported that Olivia had moved on with Harry Styles. And Olivia directed Harry Styles in the movie Don't Worry Darling, which comes out later this year. And that's how they met. So it seemed like the split between Olivia and Jason wasn't totally amicable. And there were whispers that she left him for Harry. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. That brings us to this past week. So Olivia was on stage at CinemaCon, which is a movie convention for theater owners in Las Vegas where new movies are presented. So she was on stage presenting Don't Worry Darling. When someone in the audience handed her a manila envelope, she stopped and she asked if it was for her. And she said it was very mysterious. And she said, is this a script? But then she opened it, looked at the papers and just said, okay, got it. This is for me right now. (laughs) Very mysterious. I'm going to open it now because it feels like it's timely. Is this a script? Oh, okay. Got it. Thank you. Um... Yeah. And the papers were custody papers from Jason Sudeikis, who wants to change their custody arrangement. (laughs) And she kept it together and she moved on. But it was awkward. Yeah, it could have been a moment that turned very differently. Like, depending on the type of person you are. There could have been tears. There could have been, like storming off the stage so yeah she her composure was fully there yeah there could have been her tearing up the papers etc cetera, etc cetera. but um the organizers of CinemaCon said that they were looking into this because it shouldn't have happened and they're wondering how the process server got a hold of a registered badge which you need to get inside so they released this statement. We have never in the history of the convention had an incident where a delegate has approached the stage who was not authorized to be there. In light of this incident, we are reevaluating our security procedures to ensure the safety of all our attendees. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird that they did get a badge because from what I know about uh, getting served by someone in like TV and movies, they always wait for you in the parking lot. Yeah, wait for you in the parking lot, wait for you outside your house. Yeah, and it's always sneaky too, right? Like, it's like, uh, they kind of don't look directly at you and they're like, uh, Michael? And then you're like, yes? And then the second you say yes, they throw those manila envelopes at you and then they leave in their car. Note to self, if every anyone ever says Michael to me, I, who? Huh? <laughs> look behind you and go, somebody <laughs> Michael? <laughs> So Jason also distanced himself from this, and his rep said that he had no idea she was going to be served in such an inappropriate manner, and he doesn't condone it. But sources aren't sure about that because uh, sources tell the rep that not many knew that Olivia was going to be at CinemaCon. Only her inner circle knew. One official who 
wanted to remain anonymous said that Jason is probably lying and that he just wanted to humiliate her. One lawyer who is not involved in this at all told people that it's not likely that Jason didn't know because when he needs to serve someone, he asks his client for all the information on where to find the person. So that lawyer thinks Jason knew too. Did you think Jason knew, Allison? Well, I think so, because what a random ass place. Like if I was a process server and I had to serve somebody with papers, going to a a movie theater owner's convention would not be high on my list. I'd probably be waiting in the parking lot at the grocery store, waiting in the parking lot at like a Botox clinic, um, waiting in the parking lot at maybe a Wendy's, like find out what kind of fast food they like. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I better go get myself an authorized badge for this movie theater convention. Like that feels, that's like 50, 50 or 60 down the list of possible opportunities. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. It's so much work. It's Again, like we said, the only work should be finding a parking spot that's close enough by that you can put your car for like five minutes and then just finding a bench where you can sit so that you can kind of casually shout out their name. Like this person had to get a badge. They probably had to get a, a appropriate outfit for the day. It's they had to wait. They had to wait for her presentation to come up. So, yeah, it was a lot of work. She She did handle it well, though, because like you said, it could have gotten... Messy. I probably would have been, I probably would have let everyone know what it was. Yeah, and take, take them out of the envelope and be like, excuse me, but these are custody papers just so you all know. <laughs> yeah, these are custody papers from Ted Lasso. The one you think is so nice, so wholesome, and look at him, humiliating the mother of his children in front of everyone. While she's Ted asshole. Selling, <laughs> while she's supposed to be selling her movie to these movie theater owners, Ted Lasso drops custody papers on me. Surprise. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I mean, real nice guy. I don't think... Here's the thing. I think that he probably told the process server where she was going to be. I would believe, though, that he wasn't expecting them to be served on stage. Maybe. Probably. That maybe. would be my, assu- yeah, that'd be my assumption. Unless unless he, like, really wanted that to happen. Like, imagine if he was like, you need to go to this convention. Uh, I'll pay you an extra 20 bucks if you serve those papers while she's on stage. Not a penny. Not a penny more. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, Angelina Jolie is pissed she didn't come up with this while serving Brad Pitt. She's like, fuck. I should have talked to Ted Lasso. Okay, now let's end with a highly relatable story from Oprah. And I'm not being totally sarcastic this time. Because it's a story about how Oprah was a hermit during the pandemic. And many of us were. But um, we were not a hermit in a multi-million dollar estate. That, that's just, that's the difference. So Oprah is doing promo for her new documentary, The Color of Care, which is about racial disparity in the medical system. She talked to the Los Angeles Times and said that she didn't leave her home for 322 days during the during the first part of the pandemic. She said she was very careful and her friends would make fun of her for it. But she said that she's always around people. So she was able to be a loner and take time off and be by herself in a way she hasn't been before. But Oprah did point out that she's privileged since she didn't have to worry about paying rent or where her or where money for bills were coming from or how she was going to feed her children. So she did say that. Um, Oprah said that when her BFF, Gail King, asked her if she misses people, 
Oprah said to Gail, not really. And I think it's because every day I was in an audience of 350 people twice a day on the Oprah Winfrey show. So I've had shaking hands and autographs and selfies and lots of attention and exposure to being around a lot of people. Yeah, so Oprah appreciated the break, I guess. Yeah, and I have to mention that um, we all know Oprah didn't hole herself up in some studio apartment. No. She's (laughs) got a sprawling estate in Montecito called The Promised Land. She's got a sprawling estate in Maui, and she's got a sprawling estate in Telluride, uh, Colorado. Right, and so she also has access to private jets, too. So if she technically wanted to, she could probably bounce between... Well, she said I literally didn't leave the house. So if she took a private jet, she's lying. It's true. But I mean, Michael, think about it, though. She's also very rich. So her private jet is probably like a two-bedroom apartment, the average two-bedroom apartment. Or she probably has a tunnel built that goes from sprawling estate to sprawling estate. So she technically can't leave her house. She just goes from, you know, she goes under a the ocean a hole under the ocean yeah. to hawaii and then a tunnel to colorado that would surprise me i i would not be shocked at all to learn that oprah was doing that throughout the pandemic yeah like you said it's like oprah was staying home but i mean oprah's version of a house is like she probably has a salon a moon and a movie theater and a gym and like a little grocery store i like to imagine oprah's houses by the way of having you know that like little fake peasantville that marie antoinette had at versailles so i imagine oprah has something similar to that so she has like a little tiny cvs and a little tiny grocery store little whole foods probably not tiny probably full size yeah you're right with full fully staffed (laughs) she does like curb pickup at her at her whole foods that's on her own property (laughs) okay can you relate can you relate to her though staying inside for that long Yes, but if I was her and I lived on a sprawling estate, even if it wasn't a pandemic, I would never leave. What what reason would you have to leave? I would never leave. Yeah, I would never leave. I think it's weird that she leaves. Yeah, why? What does she have to do in the outside world? She's Oprah. She need to go relate yeah. to people. I don't think so. Yeah, no, and anything you want, you can have. Yeah, she, like she can get stuff like drone delivered. Drone delivered. She sends dead men for what am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, Michael, I know that you're, like, a person who has been to Las Vegas shows. Mm-hmm. You've been to a couple. I'm very jealous. Yes. I've never been to a Las Vegas show before. But Adele was going to have a residency in Las Vegas, and she's going to do it on weekends. It was called Weekends with Adele, and it was going to be from January to April. Okay, so before I get into this story, I have a question. Would you have paid to see Adele in Las Vegas? Not at those prices, no. They were very expensive. Yeah. But then, it's probably sold out. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not worth it. But, uh, I mean, it's not worth it, but it didn't happen. Because a day before she was supposed to perform, she canceled the whole thing. And there were kind of, like, rumors that it was COVID-related. That it was kind of like, oh, we can't put on a show because of COVID. And then other people were saying there was creative differences between Adele and Caesar's Palace, where she was putting on her show. That she wanted something small and intimate, and Caesar's Palace wanted, like, a huge to-do um and so it was canceled and it was kind of like okay well adele's dreams of having a las vegas residency are dead like the end i'm sorry that if you bought tickets um but now sources are saying that no she actually will be having a las vegas residency very soon but it won't be at caesar's palace and it won't be the huge spectacle that caesar's palace was looking for so 
Sources are saying that she is going to have a residency at the, oh my God, I love this name, the Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. <laughs> um, and that she it'll probably be kind of like the same situation where it's like, you know, she was doing weekends because she's got a kid and like she can't dedicate her whole life to a residency in Las Vegas. Um, but this time, sources are saying that she'll have full creative control and she'll get a larger cut of ticket sales, which Michael... Well, also like the theater is... <laughs> way bigger like it, i think the theater at caesars sat like let's say four four thousand right and the the planet hollywood theater is a lot more oh so she's God. gonna bring in a lot more money she's gonna be so she's already very rich she's gonna be even more rich like i know that i would never have a chance but it's times like these where i'm like I wonder if I can make adele fall in love with me and get married to her because she's going to be so rich after this and then when she writes, and then when you, you you make her fall in love with you and you break up, she writes a breakup album. You can sue her for even more money. Oh, God, Michael, some people that, are really the out there living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, Michael, Drake is a very rich person. This is a true statement. This is, like, fact. It's my opinion, but it's fact. So, if you're a rich person like Drake and you decided to throw some money at a passion project, what do you think Drake would do? Uh... A Rihanna real doll? Yes, of course. I mean, there would probably be some copyright issues, but that's what I would assume as well. That's not what Drake is doing. So Drake decided to start selling candles, which that also feels like a very Drake thing to do. But Drake's candles are really expensive. Um, they're, his company is called Better World Fragrance House, which truly sounds like it came from the random business name generator. He's got five candles... Um, and they're, the scents are Carby Musk, Good Thoughts, Muskoka, Sweeter Tings, and Williamsburg Sleepover. And they range from uh, about $63 Canadian to about $105 Canadian. And I'm specifying that the amounts are in Canadian because Drake's candles will be sold exclusively at, wait for it, Shoppers Drug Mart. How, how many have you bought so far, Allison? Oh, I've got four on layaway. Okay. Yes, because they are very expensive. So also to any listeners listening who I don't understand why this is funny, Shoppers Drug Mart is kind of like the Canadian CVS. I'm not even going to put it as high as a Walgreens. It's not a Rite Aid. It's like a CVS. It's a drugstore. It's a very, and Shoppers Drug Mart is, I'll say this is somebody who is like an optimum points holder. I do shop at Shoppers Drug Mart. Shopper's Drug Mart really does try to position itself sometimes as, like, high-end. Well, they are now, now that they got Drake's candles. Now that they're selling $100 Drake candles, yeah, I mean, you can't argue it. You can go to Shopper's Drug Mart, you can get your candle, you can get some Life Brand stool softener. All in in one. Yeah. Yeah. So so a while ago, there was a a stripper said she hooked up with Drake, right? Yes. And that he loves getting his ass eaten. Mm Mm-hmm. So my question is, why isn't there a candle called, this candle smells like my bussy? He knows Gwyneth Paltrow would sue him. That's true. He's rich. He's not that rich. (laughs) Okay, so there's a Barbie movie coming out next year. I think it's June 2023. And, I mean, as, as the mother of a toddler, there's a lot of Barbie movies out there. But this is like a legitimate Barbie movie. For adults. Yeah, for adults. Live action Barbie movie. Um... And Barbie's being played by Margot Robbie. And recently they, like the studio released the first pictures of 
Margot Robbie is Barbie, which, Michael, do you think she is a good Barbie? I mean, she looks like Margot Robbie, but Margot Robbie kind of looks like a Barbie. So I guess I guess it works. It works. Listen, I think if you put a lot of people in a blonde wig, they can look like Barbie. Anybody can be Barbie, yeah. It was better than Amy. It was originally Amy Schumer, so a major upgrade. She would have been like, oh, God, it's a stupid fucking Barbie movie. Yeah. <laughs> she would have had the attitude of Midge yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so the movie is directed by Greta Gerwig. And so people are like getting excited about it. Obviously, I'm a Barbie person, so I'm excited about it. But I have some bad news. If you were hoping to hear Aqua's uh, seminal song, Barbie Girl, uh, it's not going to be in the movie. So Aqua's lead singer, Lenny Nystrom, she like got her manager on it. And they said the song will not be used in the movie. So it kind of made it seem like they didn't elaborate, but it made it seem like do not... Do not expect to hear I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world because it's just not going to happen. Which isn't that surprising because Mattel sued them over the song back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's for the. <laughs> but it's still, it's shameful. It's shameful because it's such a good song. Mattel is wrong. They're on the wrong side of history here. Well, first they don't cast one of the Barbie twins as Barbie. Then they're not including the, bar- the uh, Barbie girl. Just cancel the movie. Also, I think that because it's Greta Gerwig, it doesn't really surprise me that the song's not going to be in it because I've seen a couple Greta Gerwig movies and the soundtracks are very, they lean very heavy into French New Wave. So maybe there's like a French New Wave cover of Barbie Girl. Yeah, probably. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. So finally, Michael, I know that, I know that you're a fan of Dolly Parton. I know you are too. Yeah, I know. So if you wanted to try to reach Dolly Parton, how do you think you'd get a hold of her? Um, I send a dove. Uh-huh. I send a dove. A wait, dove. That's... Wait, do doves? No, pigeon. No, I send a dove. Although, you know what? Dolly's very down home. I think she'd also accept a pigeon. Isn't she from Pigeon Forge? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'll send a pigeon. Wait, I think that's where Dolly would is. Yeah, pigeon would work. <laughs> yeah, um, it's in Pigeon Forge. Yeah. <laughs> so pigeon would make sense. But no, that's not how you can reach Dolly. So... Reba McIntyre um, collaborated with Dolly on Reba's 2021 album called Revived, Remixed, Revisited. And so they did a song together. And so she was asked, what was it like to call Dolly and ask her to be on the album? And Reba revealed that that question cannot be answered because nobody calls Dolly. Nobody calls her on the phone. Um, She said that you, the only way to reach Dolly is to fax her. And she Mm -hmm. said, you don't fax her directly. You fax your people and then your people fax Dolly's people. And then Dolly will get back to you. And I guess Reba probably thought, like, why me? Because, like, also Reba is, like, a country music icon. Like, you would think that she would have Dolly Parton's cell phone number. So she asked Kenny Rogers, who one could say is a very close friend of Dolly Parton. And she asked Kenny Rogers and said, do you have Dolly's cell phone number? And he said, no, I don't have Dolly's cell phone number. The only way you can reach her is by fax machine. So she really is... Dolly is Dolly will only contact you if she hears her fax machine doing that little like beep 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 noise. Yeah. When was the last time you used a fax machine? Oh my god. Okay. So before I worked for D-listed, I worked in an office and I used a fax machine like every other day. Yeah. Yeah. When I worked in an office, I used a fax machine. Yeah. I hated it. I know. It was so annoying. It was so annoying too because you'd always call someone 
And you'd be like, okay, do you have a fax number? And they'd give you the fax number, but it would never be the fax number. It would always be their personal number. They'd pick call up, back yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> you'd hear it ruin everything. But what, so one of my favorite, favorite celebrity stories uh-huh. is the one where Aretha Franklin, well, Dionne Warwick at Whitney Houston's funeral said Aretha couldn't be here um, today, but she loves Whitney because she was Whitney's grandmother, a uh, godmother, sorry, godmother, something along those lines. Aretha didn't like that. So she, you know, they kind of have a beef. They had a beef for a while. So she sent a very lengthy fax <laughs> to the Associated Press saying, you know, like what Dion said wasn't right, that she's that she doesn't have time to be somebody's godmother. But the joke was she sent it through a fax. So it just proves that like all of us who use phones and emails, we're nerds because the true badasses, legends are using fax machines. You got to put in the work. A fax yeah. machine requires work. These are not lazy people. And do they, but do they even make like fax machine ink anymore? They make it for Dolly. Yeah. Jolly special. has her own special brand, pigeon brand yeah. fax <laughs> machine ink. <laughs> This show, if you have a note for us or a question, you can email us at dtp at delicit.com. Or if you're Dolly, you can fax us at 666-666-6666. Or 6969-420. Yeah, either or. You can fax us there. So we'll be back next week. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Michael. Bye. Bye.